This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder, cybersecurity, cyber scams, cyber nightmares. You do not want to miss this conversation. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And this week, it's all about cybersecurity. And before you stop listening, there's a whole lot of scams going around that are specific to veterinary professionals that you want to hear about today. But before we get into all that, as always, I am your host, Dr. Ernie Ward. I'm Dr. Cindy Courtney. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And actually, before we even get into all of that, Cindy, I think you have a little announcement. Yeah, so, so we have some good news, bad news. So the good news is, as I think I've mentioned in one of the previous podcasts, that my husband and I were hoping to grow our family a little bit bigger, and we are going to be expecting a new baby in early July of 2019. Yay. So yay! We're waiting to find out whether it'll be a boy or a girl. Um, the, the sad news is that that means given my time obligations, I'll be looking to unwind a little bit from the podcast. So um, you're going to be hearing less of me over the next couple months. Um, so, but, but uh, that's not happening yet. So, but we wanted to make sure that you, our listeners knew and, and just are getting the ball rolling on it. And Cindy, so, we are so yeah. delighted to hear your good news. I mean, obviously adding to your family is a very big deal. We completely understand time constraints. Yes. I mean, this is family is first. Family and as an old guy with kids that are grown and leaving the house, let me tell you, treasure every mm-hmm. moment. And speaking of treasuring every moment, guys, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are taking advantage of our moments online to fish for money and access and all kind of stuff. And and this conversation actually began with something Cindy shared with us that recently happened to a colleague of hers. So, Cindy, why don't you go ahead and share that story? Yeah. And so just for that person's personal experience. emotional life. Cause I think it's embarrassing for a lot of people if they experience some kind of cyber scam, I'm not going to go into, into too many of the right, details, right, right. but, um, both, um, in a professional sense, I've had this happen at a company I've worked for and for an organization that I've been a part of. Um, I've seen experiences where people have gotten what we call spear fished, which basically yes. means that if you haven't heard of that term before, someone has looked out and tried to get personal details about that individual so that they can send not just like a general scam, but a more personalized scam that might seem to come from people that person knows particularly and address details about that person's job, their role, things that are going on in kind of a timely fashion to make the scam seem more real and to encourage the person to take action. And unfortunately, in some of these situations, it can be really, really not just embarrassing, but financially damaging for individuals and organizations. And we know that it's something that can, especially for the kind people who are in our industry, who are often there trying to help, often we're dealing with you know, a very busy, hectic day. And if something comes up on our radar and it seems like it has to be taken care of right away, we're eager to get that that squared away and off our plate. So we we felt like it was something really important to inform our listeners about so that you knew some of the signs to look out for, especially because in our different circles, we've been hearing about very specific scams that people have seemed to be targeting uh, veterinary clinics in particular. 
spearfishing is has kind of been around a long time in a lot of different varieties. And if you ever watched that movie, Catch Me If You Can, you guys remember with Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio, where he was this yeah. a con man, and and he played this uh, what was it called, the grandparent scam or whatever. Where so basically he would find out the name of a grandchild of of a person, right? So the grandparent and the grandchild, and then he would pose. If you guys remember this, either on the phone or in person, as a police officer saying, "Listen, I'm really sorry, but your grandchild's been arrested, and the and we can let them." out on bail, like, but you have to pay me $500 now and I can take, make this go away. And of course, loving grandparents fell for it. So these spearfishing mm-hmm. tactics use one little bit of personal information, make a personal plea to you, and then you kind of fall prey. Yeah. And I'm actually curious for you guys, like I was in, in relation to this, I was thinking about the very first time someone tried to scam me and two, two memories came to mind. One, I think I was 10 or 11 at home, picked up the phone and someone was asking for my social security number. And I at least had the wow. peace of mind to realize, like, I don't think I'm supposed to share that. And then I, I remember my first Nigerian prince email uh, on my yes. little hotmail <laughs> account. Do you guys remember like your yes. first scam attempt? <laughs> Are are any of us untouched by this at this point? Well, you know, early on in the uh, era of Skype, uh, I actually had a, a really targeted spearfish that that got a lot of people that had some public profiles. And and back then, you know, um, uh, and I shouldn't say early era of Skype, it was really more Facebook oriented, but it was actually they used Skype for it. But back when I was on on the Rachel Ray show and what they had done is they had actually taken a bunch of of pictures and clips and, and personal information and posed as me. <laughs> and and they were oh soliciting gosh. people for different things, you know, and most of the time they were asking for money or donations, like, you know, so wow. like they would say, uh, hey, I'm Dr. Ernie Ward, you know, and there's a, um, a an animal that needs your help, you know, and that kind of stuff. And and a colleague of mine brought that to my attention. And and I, actually we had to get some police, you know, involved. Wow. It was really a, a kind of a mess. And it turned out that the person that was doing this was out of Australia and they were they had like a hundred accounts. So that oh was my, my my experience. Becky, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think in the early earlier days of these types of scams, I, I think from a legal standpoint and an investigative standpoint, they were kind of caught off guard and didn't know exactly, you, you know, how to immediately handle these things, maybe on the local level. So I can see where it be incredibly complicated in the beginning. And and yeah, I think these these things all have an element of common sense to them, right? Like we know, OK, that doesn't sound quite right. I don't think a Nigerian prince needs two million dollars for me. And, um, you know, it makes sense. But, you know, I think it also kind of preys on those um, inopportune moments, moments and, and vulnerabilities um, already, you know, possible built in fears for people. So things like when they when they scam businesses and say, hey, I'm the IRS and you, you've missed a pain. And now we're coming after you for a business owner. You know, this is a fear that you maybe already have in the back of your head um, happening to you. So if they catch you in a weak moment, um, maybe you're tired, maybe you're distracted. I think it's easy to kind of give into these. And, you know, um, I, I've definitely had things in, in the past pop up where it's like, hey, we need your password or, oh, your access to online has been blocked and you need to go in, right, follow right. this link. And you're like, oh, geez, no, that's not okay. And you start doing it. And then all of a sudden you're halfway through it and you think, wait a minute, this this isn't right. But maybe you've already gone too far. What have I given away? 
Right. Exactly. Well, and I think one of the first telltale signs that that you should be aware of is this sense of urgency, just like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio with the grandparent scam. I mean, they're they're saying you've got to do it now. Like, you know, we've got to take care of this now or Mm -hmm. I can't make it go away, which was what he famously did in the movie. He's like, you know, hey, if we if you give me this now, we can make this go away. But if you wait till, you know, four or five hours, uh, I'm sorry, I probably won't be able to help you. So, Cindy, you know, in, in your experience and some of the stories that you've been told, you know, how did that sense of urgency play in specifically to the veterinary. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot like Becky was talking about, um, whether it's someone calling, someone emailing, um, often they try and portray some air of authority, whether that's an affiliation with the bank, the IRS. The one I'd been hearing about a lot in kind of mom DVM circles was about the sheriff scam. So someone per- seeming to be from the local law authority saying that there's some kind of warrant out or maybe because you didn't pay a bill. And if you don't come and pay it right now, they're going to come and arrest you in front of all of your clients. And so you have to get in the car, be paying while you're on the way and fill out all these forms. And so that that sense of urgency is is a very big piece of what's going on. And then that another piece is, okay, well, what is the action that they want you to take? And so often that that's going to involve money. And I think Hopefully for most of us, when money starts getting involved, that should send up some alarms that, okay, is this really legitimate? Um, But also it can sometimes involve them trying to get information from you or trying to uh, get access to digital systems. So um, also I think ransomware has been a pretty big issue in veterinary circles lately where if they're able to take over your entire client information system, and then you can't provide any service to your clients and your client's data is at risk, that's a really big deal too. So understanding what is safe and not safe in an email, understanding that, okay, if your bank is emailing you or Facebook is emailing you saying a password has been compromised, you don't have to click on that link. You can go and just type in Facebook's address, type in your bank's address. You should be able to call them um, that phone number is always a safety valve where you can just reach out directly to an organization or to a person who you think is calling you to see if it's legitimate. So all those fails, stop going digital, go analog and and get somebody on the phone. Right. Yeah. You know, and to that point, I I, I think it's interesting because, you know, one thing that organizations always tell us, right, you're on hold for your bank and they're they're saying to you, like, we'll never ask for your password. We'll never ask for your account number. They're not things we're going to ask for over the phone. But I think, you know, we had the bad guys figure that out. And I've even seen and heard of these scams where they're actually mailing money orders. Have you guys seen that where money orders are showing up for thousands of dollars? And then because somehow or another, if these are cashed into your bank account, they have access to that back end way into your account to know the information and the accessibility. Um, And so I actually, uh, you know, years ago received one of these. And like, luckily, I don't have enough money in my life to to like gloss over a twenty five hundred dollar check showing up at my door. So I was pretty quick to say, I know that there's this is not supposed to be for me and brought it to the, the post office. And they actually explained that they they send these um, certified, they are tracked and they get into your bank accounts and steal your money on the back end, which I think is a, a really vulnerable point for businesses who may be expecting money orders or checks and not maybe think twice about this. 
Yeah. And it almost seems more insidious that that kind of it's too good to be true kind of thing. (laughs) You know, I I think a lot of us, when we're scared, we might be more likely to be triggered and say, hey, something seems fishy. But in that it's too good to be true moments, maybe we're more tempted to just hope that it is. Well, and and Cindy, to to your point on the sheriff scam, you know, where what I've heard and I think Becky has heard as well, uh, at least on this part of the East Coast, is this IRS tax burden scam. So basically you're Mm -hmm. delinquent on a pay or you're behind somehow and you need to take care of it right now or more penalties will accrue. Uh, Just keep in mind, if you're listening today, the IRS sends these things by snail mail, you know, so this is going to be a, if this is legit, they're not calling you on the phone or sending (laughs) you an email, uh, which also kind of leads me back to another little thing you can do to try to protect yourself is, is get it in writing. Even if you ask that caller or another email, could you send me the terms? You know, that often will stop it right there. Yeah. 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 And I think also, too, maybe you'll get a more personalized (laughs) visit if you're in that big of trouble. But again, I think it plays to the vulnerabilities. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, one thing I think that this brings up just in importance in general is having these conversations within the clinic and having these conversations and policies across the board, because I think you your support staff is definitely vulnerable when we think about the people who are most frequently checking the email for the clinic and accessing these emails. It may very well be be someone who may not be trained on these elements. And so we want to make sure that it's a policy across the board because I think the support staff are the ones who are going to encounter these frauds uh, up front most of the time. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough. um, One of the organizations I've worked with actually put forward a regular training series where, you know, you get a five minute little webinar, you know, once a month that you get to sit down and do, and it just helps remind you about things you shouldn't, shouldn't be doing. Um, but they also send out emails to your work email to kind of test you and see if you're ah. actually absorbing the information. And oh, I felt wow. terrible because the other day I definitely fell for one. And there was one that wow. came through that was a face. It was a, a spoof Facebook, like, oh, you logged into Facebook from another computer. Right. Right. And I, I absolutely had. But if you send enough of those, right, like yeah. they're going to hit you at one time when you've probably logged in at a different computer. So so it's just, I think, really good to to recognize that this is an important training tool in this day and age and to, to think about that as a safety tool for your business um, and make sure that your team has that kind of training. They like that follow up and that testing yeah. to make yeah. sure you're applying yeah, I, what I you learned. I love that. Yeah. And we do need to have some some sort of stress test. Yeah. You know, you need to make sure your team is being trained about this to be aware and then not to just click on things. I will say there's a couple other specific things that have been going around to medical doctors, a dentist, and, and I'm sure some veterinarians as well. And basically they find out, uh, you know, the major distributors, right? So they, they, you know, whatever it is, MWI, you know, Patterson, whatever. And so you get an email to your clinic saying, hey, you know, you've just been awarded, as similar to this other scam you guys are talking about, uh, a gift card. Right. And so you click on the link for the gift card and basically it's asking you for, you know, do you want this deposited into your Amazon account or whatever or your bank account? And and so right there, as as Becky already uh, illustrated, that's a way to back end into your account, which, of course, by taking that twenty five dollar gift card, which you legitimately may get that they now have access potentially to whatever your bank account or your Amazon account or whatever. It's a it's a scary new world. And it's I think you know, it changes so fast and it can feel hard to keep up with all these things. And I think a lot of us are trying to do our due diligence. You know, we're trying to keep up with spam filters and virus software and keeping up with our updates and and all of that. But 
to recognize that the weakest point in the system is often just that human person, judgment. That <laughs> yeah. person, that's who you yeah. target. And that's that's why these things are so effective. So again, if, if you're sitting there listening to and you're going, you know what, there's no way they're going to take over like my practice management software. Like, you know, we're fine. We do all the updates, whatever. Again, what we are saying is, they don't rely on a virus. They actually rely on yeah. you picking a little link and and then somehow that allows them access to Cornerstone or your Avamark or whatever. And there've been human hospitals, entire human hospital software taken down with this exact same attack. So they're, 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 you know, basically they would rather have a bigger target, but there are plenty of people I'm sure in parts of Eastern Europe that would say, you know what, 5,000 bucks, I think I'll go do a little fishing today. Yeah. I think the other thing to think about is that, you know, it's not always, well, obviously we get concerned if, if our finances are at risk. Um, there are other things at risk too, if we're not thinking about security on a regular basis. So I don't know about you guys, but my hospital has used digital means to communicate with our team, especially since we have some people who work part-time or, you know, are accessible digitally a lot more easily. So if we're using, text, if, if you're using Facebook, private groups, if you're using Slack, um, what, if anything, do you know, or have you investigated about the security of those different systems and how well it's protecting your employees' information, your clients' information, that kind of stuff, I think is also really important to, to think about. Right. And Cindy, that's exactly why in, in my other businesses, we've gone to using platforms like Slack because yeah. we quite frankly don't have the confidence in Facebook, uh, private groups or messaging and so forth. Uh, so I would encourage you to look at those. There are, you know, Slack does have some HIPAA compliance. So there may be other layers of protection involved there. But, you know, again, we are definitely looking at ways to have very, very private and protected conversations within our team. Yeah. And, you know, you make a good point. One thing I come across in a lot of clinics that I visit is um, passwords that have been been used for years and years and years. And so I think one area that we can look to improve is by updating passwords regularly for everything that we do and minimizing the administrators that we have on any one of our social media platforms. I think a lot of times we just have a tendency to want to put more things on our social media. And so we add more and more administrators within the practice to try to get those things um, more active. And what we really need to make sure we're doing is limiting the number of people who can access social media, what they put on it and, and keeping that updated regularly to help keep the practice safe from turnover. Yeah. I have kind of a funny story that way. So, you know, there are practices around the country that have similar names. Um, I'm sure that if you counted the number of town and countries, there would be a bazillion of them, right guys? <laughs> right, right. So I had an experience where I was trying to log into VetConnect and there is a slight variation between our username and the username of another hospital, but apparently we had the same password. Wow. So oh, wow. that might be a clue that you have not picked a particularly <laughs> secure password for your hospital. <laughs> anyway, wow. just that's crazy. That makes I think that's, that's a, a, very gate so to my point. <laughs> well, I, I do want to so. also share with you another sort of cyber nightmare that was shared with me a couple of months ago by a DEA expert. So this is an ex-DEA officer. Uh, and now he actually helps doctors and dentists and veterinarians make sure that they're doing all the proper, you know, protections within their clinic when it comes to scheduled drugs. And he told me that there was this, this uh, scam is maybe not the right term for it, but this is a cyber nightmare. And so basically, let's say you are part of a corporate group or you're part of a group uh, of clinics that, that sort of order together. So somehow you have given somebody else access to order for your clinic. 
And, and he actually laid out two scenarios. So one was a veterinarian who was owned part of three clinics that had been bought up in her community and they were owned by one group. And so basically this, this group said, hey, we'll take all the headaches away and uh, take care of your ordering and your scheduling and your staffing and all that. So it sounds great, right? Uh, but at the same time, they had access to their DEA licenses. And so unbeknownst to this veterinarian, uh, in the group, uh, they were ordering all types of illegal drugs, diverting them um, on her behalf. And so she eventually got uh, raided, you know, uh, hauled away in handcuffs from her clinic, which is devastating, made the oh news and so forth. And so she's, she was facing hard time. Uh, the, these This group was able to help her avoid time. Uh, the fines are yet to be uh, fulfilled. But, you know, again, just a scary thing where if you, you know, if you're sort of saying, gosh, I don't want to have to deal with inventory anymore. Be aware if your DA license is hanging out there, you're culpable for it. The other scenario that was happening uh, within a lot of clinics, and this guy says this is more rampant among dentists than you'd believe. And that is that the office manager does the ordering. And you already know where this is headed, right? This is a cyber nightmare because basically the cyber security element of it is you let somebody else have access to your account level. And so these um, managers, these whatever that are doing the ordering, they were just diverting a little bit of this and a little bit of that and selling it or using it or whatever. Um, and these are serious charges. You know, yeah. Cindy, oh, this, yeah, isn't, this is just like, a, oh, you're going to have to pay $500. This is now you're going to jail and you're going to lose yeah. your, your medical yeah. license. Scary. That's yeah. terrifying. Absolutely. And I actually had the family dentist that I grew up with uh, had a prescription stamp with his signature and uh, ended up in the same position, potentially facing hard time because uh, his office manager had been recreationally dispensing controlled substances. Right. And and so so while you you think that's not a cybersecurity, I mean, I know we think of like elaborate hacking, but that's an old school hack right there. That's just taking the prescription pad and saying, you know what? I want a little oxy. You know? yep. It just <laughs> and, makes it faster and easier to spread right. around once you go digital. Right. It really yeah. is scary. Really, It is does scary. get scary. And, and again, I think it's one of those things where we have so many things on our mind from a day-to-day standpoint within the practice that these are the little loopholes that we may forget on a day-to-day basis. And I think it's the important part about talking about it and talking about the different types of experiences that are happening to people. And it's the benefit of having people share their stories. And so I know we would love to hear your stories. What is happening within your clinic? How do you protect your guys' um, assets? How do you protect your clinics? How do you help to train your employees against cybersecurity and to help support the safety of your assets within your clinic and as well as, you know, just your personal information um, from what's turning out to be a really, really big problem. Another thing to think about is what kind of coverage do you have? God forbid something like that happened. Um, Cybersecurity insurance or cyber fraud insurance, uh, as some of the organizations I've been involved with have learned, it can be a very particular kind of insurance. Um, And if something happens to the money for your facility or God forbid one of your employees gets uh, scammed and they lose their personal money, are they going to consider suing the clinic because they got taken in um, even though it was their decision if they were using publicly available information that was available on your clinic website, what degree of liability is there for the clinic? So I think that's something important to look into and just understand what is and isn't covered in terms of um, practice liability if something like that does happen. 
Yes, Cindy, I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, I actually was having a conversation last summer at a conference. Somebody had gotten their credit card account hacked. Their personal credit card number got out there somehow. I mean, you, you might have experienced this as well. And they were just they were basically applauding their credit card company for handling it. So there were some charges made, you know, and they just took care of it. No problem. And, and as I was sitting there listening to this group discuss, and you know, I realized very quickly that they were being nonchalant and dismissive of the real threat that's going on here. Because the, the fact is, A, that somebody has access to some very personal and private information is, is disturbing in and of itself. Yeah. But then to think that it's just all going to go away magically is a little bit naive, in my opinion, because yeah. maybe you've been lulled into this complacency because of a credit card fraud issue. Well, that's very, very different than you responding to one of these spear phishing attempts, as we've said. So like if you actually OK the charge in these situations, the, the credit card company's not coming to your rescue because they're going to say, look, you authorized this this charge. You know, if yeah. we get hacked, if you're if your credit card account gets hacked on our end, yeah, we make it good. But when you guys go out and buy this stuff, maybe, maybe not. You make a good point. And the truth of the matter is, is it has to be working right because right. they're doing it because mm -hmm. this is a continued problem. And so if it was not a successful scam, I don't think people would be hearing about it. I don't think it would be reportable. So it's working. Yeah, I think I think the, the first step is just to educate yourself about what some of the, the signs of these cyber crimes are to educate yourself, to educate your teams, um, and, and to start somewhere to know what kind of protection you have for your clinic and for yourself, I think would be a, a great place for people to start. Yeah, I would, I would encourage you to go back to your team today after you listen to this podcast. Uh, do a quick Google search. There's plenty of resources out there uh, from lots of different agencies that are telling you what to do. But uh, you need to make sure you have this communication, this this conversation with your team. Because uh, as, as Becky and Cindy both have said, you know what, it's probably not going to be the owner of the practice, the veterinarians involved. It's probably going to be that person who answers the phone or who's checking the daily email that's going to get you in trouble. And and. Think about keeping your team safe too. You know, make sure we're in, look at your website. Understand that, yeah, it's great to celebrate our team, but how much personal information are we putting up there? And is that something that one of these folks could potentially use to to take advantage of your clinic? So, yeah, absolutely. This well. is why you don't put your grandkids' names up there because people yeah. like Leonardo DiCaprio's character <laughs> and Catch Me If You Can are just waiting to pounce on that grandparent guilt. Well, you've heard what we have to say. Now we want to hear from you. What cybersecurity issues concern you the most? Have you been cyber scammed? And what's your greatest cyber nightmare? Hit us up on social media. Go ahead and share with us. I know you love those videos of people who are uh, spoofing the people trying to scam them, but uh, share with your colleagues how the, the things that you've caught that are just absolutely ridiculous, the things that have maybe you've gotten taken in by so someone else doesn't get taken in by them next time. You can share images, you can share stories on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. Also, leave us a review. We want to make sure the content we give you is helpful and relevant. So if you like this podcast, reach out on iTunes and, and leave us a review. And don't forget to click to subscribe so you don't miss one great episode of the Veterinary Viewfinder. And we will never try to scam you, except for if you want to send us $50 <laughs> right now. Today only. Right now, within the this next hour. 20 minutes. Or I don't know what's going to happen. The dog Thanks, catcher's bye. coming. <laughs> the dog catcher's coming. Going to jail. Until next time. Bye. 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 bye.